Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker, and welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. You know, it can be a daunting time when your salary stops uh, and you're counting on what you've saved for retirement. Uh, the good news is we've got some solid ideas and strategies that can help you stretch those dollars. You found Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I am consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is a fiduciary, an independent or investment advisor representative. He is an independent. He is a fiduciary, more than 30 years in the business. And uh, this is, uh, I mean, again, been another week there, Kevin. Hi, how are you? It's, hey, I'm, I'm doing great, Steve. It's always good to be here. And uh, yeah, you know, the good news is the markets have picked up a little bit, right? We, we've had a nice rally uh, from the June lows. Uh, June 16th, the market hit the low for the year so far. Um, and we've rallied double digits. You know, the uh, the Dow and the S&P are up uh, 9, 10, 11%. NASDAQ is up something like 15%. Wow. So we've had a, ni we've had a nice little move here. Yeah. And, and again, are we hearing about that? Are we, um, I mean, you know, because you would think that that would be headline news. Yeah, you know. You know, I'm not sure how much people are reading about it, or how much normal people are reading about it. Because okay. I say I, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm normal because I, you know, all I read about is finance. So, um, you, you know what? In the financial world, yeah, we we definitely have seen seen a lot of coverage. But in the general media, I don't, I don't think it's been covered that well. And and I think a lot of people, um, you know, obviously inflation is covered, and, and we're hearing these things, which which of course is impacting everybody. Uh, but the thing is, the, the lesson I wanted, the the moral of the story to me is that generally speaking, I believe in most cases, you don't want to panic when the market sells off. All right. Because can you imagine, let's say you sold middle of June, you missed out on a 10 to a 15% run if you, if, you, if you did sell because of what the market was doing in June. And so I think generally speaking, what I like to do, what I've talked about on the show before, you don't want to make these decisions to buy or to sell emotionally, right? If you're if you're afraid, you're reacting to a headline news, something like that. That is that is one of the biggest things I've had to teach myself myself throughout my career, is not to be influenced by emotion, because more often than not, 
it's going to lead you down the wrong path and it's not going to be the, the out, you know, the out, it's not going to give you the outcome that you hope for. And so I think if you're a longer term investor, what we've been talking about on the show for the last few months, I think, is I, I talk about building a list, you know, making a list. If you're a do it yourselfer, you should be making a list of companies that you'd like to own, that you'd like to have in your portfolio. And what I would say right now with the move we've had up, this is a really good opportunity to rebalance and reallocate your, your portfolio. If you've had some positions that you didn't like how they were performing, maybe now it's a good time to sell them and get into something else that's got good positive cash flow, got good earnings, earnings visibility and good earnings history and, and solid fundamentals. To me, if we do go back into a sell-off and the market retreats again, you want to be having, you want to be holding the high quality companies that are going to be able to weather any storm that we go through. And so the companies that don't have earnings that are trading on huge multiples to their revenue, I really think those are the ones, if you own them, I'd probably be selling them here to take advantage of the, uh, the run-up we've had recently. And I'd be repositioning into other companies that have a very, very solid cash flow and very strong earnings. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And uh, obviously, you've got your eye open for those kinds of things. And, and because, like you said, there are some bargains to be had. And when the market's on sale, you know, let's buy. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Exactly. You know, and a few weeks ago, that's exactly what I said on the show is, you know, yeah. stocks are on sale. And I think I, in fact, I think I named one of my podcasts uh, just that. And and it's so funny to me because there's so many things, you know, when people go out, when you're shopping for something, you know, everybody loves a bargain, right? Everybody loves a sale. And Absolutely. you're seeing if you can, you know, you're trying to save 20 bucks or something uh, to buy something on sale. You, you know what, guys, when the stock market goes on sale, that's a time to be a buyer, not a seller unless you've got more money in the market than you feel comfortable having, you know? So it's a real good opportunity when the markets do drop, if it causes you to lose sleep or if it causes you to really get stressed out or, or anything like that, then, then my opinion is you probably have too much risk in your portfolio. So now would be a time to reduce it and to look for alternatives uh, that don't cost you, you know, don't cost you to cause you to lose sleep at night. Right. And and again, those are the kinds of things that, I mean, you, because you've been in this business for as long as you have, more than 30 years, you know, you have seen similar situations and history does have a, have a tendency to repeat itself, doesn't it? it? It really does. Yeah, it really does. And 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 guys, if you look, look back at the history, I really like looking back at the history of the stock market. I like looking at previous times uh, where we've seen situations like we've, you know, seen where we have big sell-offs or lousy starts to the year. And I talked uh, uh, maybe last month about how the first half of this year of 2022 uh, was one of the worst starts to both bonds and stocks that we've seen in decades. And I think that's something to, that one, it's scary. I, I, I get that. Um, but if you look back at the, the, the occasions that's happened in the past five times in the past, this was one of, one of six times, I believe, going back about 100 years. And the five times that happened before this, on four out of five of those occasions, the market was up double digits six months later and was up over 20% on average 12 months later. One time it did not happen. That was in 1941 in the middle of World War II. Well, right, there. So, that's a, so that's a reason. I think that's a valid reason <laughs> as, to why, as to why it didn't work. But you know what? If you held on through that period of time, we had, we had the fabulous 50s. Yeah. Right? And, oh, gosh, yeah. You know, where the market did do, do, do really well. And so what I look at is, you know what? Throughout history... If you take out the last seven or eight, nine months throughout history, the market has always gone on to hit new highs, to hit record highs. And, and we want to remember in 2021, the market hit over 50. The S&P 500 hit over 50 record highs because it was over one a week. 
Um, in fact, I think it was like 55 or 60. And, and so those number of record highs are just, it's unsustainable. And if you go back a couple more years, uh, the three years, you know, 19, 20 and 21, we, we had significant growth in the market. You know, I want to say it was close to 100%. And, and so you could take a look at take a look at how the markets performed and then ask yourself, is it really surprising after those phenomenal moves that we give back a little bit of it? It's, and the answer is no, it's not surprising at all. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and and so that's what I was talking to everybody about last year saying, hey, guys, we're at high levels. You know, nobody should be surprised if we see a correction in the market. And, and so what I try to do is position portfolios so that if we see a 30 percent drop in the market, uh, that the conservative portfolios, okay, I tell everybody in a horrible market, everything is going to lose money. Unfortunately, that's usually the case. Uh, and so a conservative portfolio, when the market's down 30%, you're probably still going to be down 15%. And, and that's just you know, par for the course. In the absolute world, that'd be significant outperformance. But in, but in the real world, right, you're still losing money. And so I think everybody, I always try to remind everybody also that remember the stock market on a normal year, has a 17%, there's a 17% drop from the high to the low. That is normal. It's average, average going back decades. So the volatility is normal. What was abnormal is the, the three years prior to this year. That was very abnormal activity. And I think a lot of people forgot how volatile this market can be. Well, you make a good point because it was the three years leading up to this that got us here. Uh, you know right. what I mean, and 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 I I get it. I don't. That was, but for a lot of folks, all we could see were the uh, were the was the money. Yeah, right? and, you know, and, the and markets and, going up. The markets going up. I'm rich. I'm rich. You know, that's it. And all these acronyms coming out, which drive me crazy sometimes. But you know, FOMO. You know, fear oh, yeah. of missing out. Sure. That's that's what everyone's talking about last year. Oh, fear of everyone's got the fear of missing out. You know, so you got to be in the market, right? You got to be in it to make any money. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like the same line they use for the lotto, right? Well, you can't win if you don't play, even though the odds are a gazillion to one. Um, yeah. you, you know, and, and the other one, Tina, right? There is no alternative. What, what, and so between FOMO. <laughs> That's a new one. Right? FOMO and Tina yeah. were, were, were thrown all around last year because interest rates were so low that when the people that have money, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to put it into a 1.3% 10-year treasury note. Or are you going to buy the stock market that seems to be going up 15, 20% a year? And, and so the combination of those factors led to the market being, you know, being the growth machine that it was. Uh, and, and I do believe there wasn't many, you know, there weren't many alternatives. And, and so, but we need to remember that those were extraordinary markets and we certainly can't count on that continuing. And so I just wanted to remind everybody of those things a little bit. The market is going to be volatile now with the S&P at what, 4,150, 4,200, between 41 and 4,200. Uh, we're at the top end of the trading range that we've been in lately. Okay. Uh, so if you think that inflation has not peaked, then you might want to take this opportunity to reallocate, lower your risk, because if we have not seen the peak of inflation, then I believe this market is going to go back down and retest those lows. Okay. Well, but you know, you always say though, and, and, and this is something that just sticks with me is that through all of these things, you know, six months later, there's, there's record highs. I mean, I'm not, there, you can count on that and I'm not going to, but I'm just saying there is reason for optimism. There's, oh, there's definitely reason for optimism. And let me tell you, the reason I said that a second ago, that if you believe inflation has not peaked um, is because I actually feel inflation has peaked. And, and so I believe the worst of inflation is behind us. And I'm basing that on the big drop in oil, big drop in gasoline prices, all right, big drop in lumber prices, in cotton, in all sorts of commodities. They're copper. 
all sorts of commodities and natural resources have, have dropped significantly from where they were a few months ago. And all of those contribute to inflation. They all go into the calculation of inflation. And so if those prices have dropped, it seems to me that inflation has to be coming down. Now, now everyone's trying to figure out, of course, does coming down mean it, mean it goes from nine to five? You, you know, in other words, you know, it's still high, um, but it's not as bad as it was. And, and so right now is an opportunity, guys. Take a look at your portfolio. Make sure you're comfortable with it. You've got the high quality holdings that you feel you should own. And if you don't, it's a good opportunity to trade out and trade, in, trade up, you know, trade up to something higher in quality. Uh, now, is a, I, I believe, is a great chance to do it. Um, and if you're not of that opinion, if you're looking long term, then make a shopping list of things you want to buy when it goes on sale. So the prices go down. That's when you want to be a buyer. All right. I, but that's just great advice. 800-975-6717 is how you can reach Kevin. Better yet, you can visit the website silverleaffinancial.com, silverleaffinancial.com. You can reach Kevin right there. There's a, On the homepage, there's a link that you can email Kevin. And Kevin, by the way, you uh, is an author, if you don't know. He wrote a book called uh, The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of conversation about that, uh, you know, long-term care and uh, Tax-free, long-term care doesn't seem to go together, but you think it can. Yeah, you know what, and I'm and I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up, Steve, because uh, um, you know we were talking a little before the show, and um, you know I put this book together, wrote the book, co- I co-authored the book last year, and you know now I look at it and I say, man, maybe you know maybe I should have made a shorter title, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I like it. I was, I was trying to convey a point, you know, um, is that if you if you are able to plan. For long-term care insurance, in other words, if you're in a financial position, you have the resources that you can put some money away toward the possibility of needing long-term care, then I can show you how you can do it and if, and if th- that, so that if you need it, you can pay for it with tax-free dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And so depend, depending on the tax bracket you're in, that could save you anywhere from 20 to 40%, right? If you're using pre-tax dollars versus after-tax dollars. And, and so- uh, there are ways to do it. There are strategies to do this. And I can show you how to do it in a way that money you allocate towards that possibility does not go away if you don't need it. In other words, like regular long-term care insurance, you know, like other other insurance, like auto insurance, homeowners insurance, you pay an annual bill or a monthly bill and uh, it's ongoing, right? And if you don't have any auto accidents, may, I mean, maybe it's happened to you, but I've never gotten a refund. Maybe, has your insurance company sent you money back? When you I have never when you received a check from my insurance company. <laughs> there you go. Right. Neither have I, neither have I, they don't give it back to you. Right. You don't no. get it back. And, and, and a traditional long-term care insurance policy works the same way. If you never need it, you know, you could make the argument that you didn't have to pay for it because you didn't need it. The thing is like everything else, you have to have the insurance in place before you need it. Right. And, and so I would suggest um, that everybody take a look at their family lineage, their, their, their parents. You want to look uh, for any signs of Alzheimer's or dementia in your family. If that runs in your family, guys, then I strongly, strongly recommend you look at purchasing something to help pay for long-term care because those are the people that typically spend the lot longest, the most amount of time in a facility are, is, is about memory care, right? Most facilities have specific divisions or specific buildings that are for that are designated as memory care. Those are the ones that you walk into and you notice that all the doors have combination locks on them because they want to make sure somebody doesn't just open the door and wander off and hurt themselves or, or hurt somebody else. And, and unfortunately, 
Uh, I've had personal experience with these situations. Um, I had a client a couple of years ago that developed dementia and she got into her car here in Arizona. She drove out west into the desert, got lost and got out of her car and started walking around for, for an unknown reason. Um, and this was in the summer, guys. Uh, and so unfortunately, after she was reported missing and the police did a search, they found her about a mile away from her car, uh, dead in the desert. Mm. And, and, and I, it, just a horrible, horrible situation that, that potentially could be avoided if you recognize the symptoms, if, you're, if you have somebody in your life that's showing these signs, right? And, and, I think, and I think anybody close to somebody that's developing memory problems, you can pick up on it. You can tell them because you'll have a conversation and they'll ask you the same question they just asked you a couple minutes ago. Or they've got a, they'll have a very confused look. They look disoriented, all right? And so I'd really recommend if you guys are, are concerned about this, go to my website. You can get a free copy of the book. There's no charge. There's no obligation. I just want to share the information to try to help prepare you if you should come across this situation. Uh, in my research, what I've found are the people that the, the families that have a lineage of Alzheimer's or dementia, um, they do tend to go to these facilities at the youngest ages. Um, in other words, it's not, you know, late eighties, it could be, it could be fifties or sixties. There's some people in their forties that, that have these situations. And, and, uh, in my own family, um, I have a relative in my own family, uh, sister-in-law that, that developed dementia. And, um, my brother did his best to take, to take care of her. Uh, I want to say for three or four years at their home. Um, but then she got to the point where she didn't recognize him after they've been, They've been married for over 30 years. I don't know the exact amount, um, but they were married over 30 years. And he walks into the room one day and, and she starts looking around to find a weapon so she can hit him because she doesn't recognize him. Wow. And, and, and threatens him with phys- threatens to assault him and to call the police because she thinks he's a criminal breaking into her house. Wow. And, and, and so it, it's very, very difficult situation. No question about it. But for the safety of the individual and safety of everybody around them, they really need to be at a facility that can keep them safe and protected and make sure that nothing you know, horrible happens. And, but the problem, right? The problem is it's very expensive, okay? I have another client. You know, I've, my practice, I've been doing this for 32 years, and my practice is focused on retirees and retirement planning. Um, you know, so, so because of the scope of my practice, I've dealt with a lot of retired individuals. That's the majority of people I work with. Um, and through the course of my career, you know, I've ran into this several times and I can tell just on phone conversations with my clients, you can tell as their, uh, you know, as the mental, uh, as their mental capacity starts to diminish, to diminish, you can tell through your conversations. And I had one client, I I've talked about many times how happy I am and how fortunate I am that I've got a lot of clients that have been with me for more than a decade. A lot of them, 15, 20 years, 25 years, um, you know, and uh, so I've known them really well and they've been with me a long time. And I, I believe that's because they're happy with how things have gone. Uh, but another client over the last several months, I noticed in conversations that he, he was losing his memory. Uh, act, or it's already it's lost. And um, and so I talked to him about his kids. I said, I, I need to talk to someone in your family, you know, Ron, because, uh, you know, I'm concerned because because we're having a conversation. And two minutes after I answered a question for him, he asked me the exact same question. Hmm. Right. And, um, and, and then what happened is, is he started calling me repeatedly. I mean, every day, I, I mean, multiple times a day, 
five, six, seven calls a day to ask me the exact same questions that, that I've already went over with him multiple times. And so then I had to, I, I reached out, he gave me permission to talk to his son uh, after he told me he completely trusts him in all ways. And, and so I talked to his son and I told him, you know, what I had, what I thought was happening. And I very strongly suggested that they, that they look for a facility to, to, you know, to put his father in because I don't want him to hurt anybody or yeah, himself. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so we did that. And, um, I spoke to him yesterday, actually, he called me and, uh, they did find a place and we were talking about the finances behind it. Now, luckily, because he's, because he's a client that, that means by definition that he's got, you know, discretionary investable assets. Um, and because that's what I do. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, so in talking to him though, what I also found out is that his wife was in an accident. Well, she had, she had, she had fallen and broken her hip and she was in an accident and busted up her knee too. Uh, and apparently her memory is, has gone downhill as well. And so it's not just the father they have to put in this facility. They have to put both mom and dad are, are moving into oh to, to, to a facility. That's a lot right? to deal with. I mean, oh as, as, you know, to deal with your parents like that. Oh, that's just heartbreaking. Oh, it's, it's, it's absolutely heartbreaking. And, and, but at, at the same time, I, I, I haven't personally seen this in my career, not at the exact same time. Um, but the truth of the matter is, he, they, you know, the, the man, dad, you know, the father probably should have been, you know, should have gotten into a facility several months ago. Um, and, and so it's good that they're making these moves now, but what I'm getting at guys is that most of these facilities, you've got an independent living section or building, and then on the same campus, and then you'll have a, what we call assisted living, right. Uh, in a different building or a different part of a different wing of the place or something. Uh, and then the, the most, advanced would be the memory care building or memory care division or unit or something. Uh, and those are the ones with the combination locks, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that have the highest level of care and the most care and the highest expense. And so in this case, between the husband and wife, one of them will be in assisted living and one of them will be in memory care. Uh, and the combined cost is 13,500 per month. Wow. Wow. All right. Yeah. You mentioned something earlier um, that, you know, we, we should start planning for this. How early should we start planning for this? For example, you know, if you if your family has a history of, you know, early onset dementia or, or Alzheimer's, when do we start putting these uh, these plans together that deals with that long term care piece of the puzzle? You know what I would my first answer would be the sooner the better. But I, I would say realistically, I, I would say in your fifties, probably okay, um, is when I would look at it. And, and, and guys, there are, there are investments out there that you can make that you earn a set interest rate on your money, like a fixed interest rate. It's not, not a lot. It's, you know, but it's a little bit of interest. Um, and then if you need the money for long-term care, it multiplies. So you get two or three or four times that amount of money to use for long-term care. And, and, and if you don't need it, you name a beneficiary, right? You have to, you, obviously you want to keep it in place for the remainder of your life, right? Uh, otherwise it's not going to do any good. So you want to keep it in place. So you name a beneficiary. And if you never need it, it goes to your heir or to the charity or church or whoever you want to leave your money to, but it's not lost money. Okay. It's there. If you need it, we can do it in a tax-free basis. If we, if you, if, if, if you come to me, we can set it up done properly in a tax-free basis. So if you need it, it comes out tax-free. You, you get a multiple of how much you put into the account for that purpose. And if you don't need it, 
the money stays in your family or whoever you want to leave it to as a beneficiary. All right. To me, that's the best scenario. That's actually what I'm what I'm going to be doing with with uh, in, in my situation with me and my wife. Uh, I don't have any history. Of, luckily, I don't have any history in, in my family. Um, but but my I've seen a lot of people, you know, guys, I know there's a lot of people that say I'm never going to need it. Uh, I'll tell you what, my father lived to the age of 93. He was a hardworking guy, lived on his own until he was late 80s. I think it was 89, maybe. Uh, and and it, it became too difficult to live alone at that stage. And so once he got to turn around 90, we we had to move him into a facility. And and he started off, you know, independent, then went assisted, and then he went to, you know, memory care. And um, he, he passed at the age of 93. And it is very, very expensive. No question about it. Um, but you can, if you can put these policies in place and you have that set aside, right? Mm-hmm. The way that I look at it, if you have, if you're a married couple, you can set up a policy that'll cover both of you. If one of you should need it. All right. You can obviously set up policies for each individual if you have enough resources to do that. But even if you just set up one, as long as it covers both of you and you own your home. Okay. The first one that should need it could use the policy to help pay for it. The second one you know, after the first person has passed away, the survivor could just sell the house and use that to pay for the long-term care. But it, 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 but obviously it's a limited amount, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it all depends on how you want to look at it, what your plans are, what your desires are, you know, with your property and with your assets. Um, but there are solutions out there, guys, that you don't have to, you know, essentially throw away the money if you don't need it. You can stay in your possession and stay your property um, if you need it. But if not, it, it goes to one of your beneficiaries. So I really think that's something uh, that everybody should look at because, guys, I believe that is the single greatest threat to your financial welfare, to your financial assets, is needing nursing home or long-term care. What? How much of a look back is there? If you know, because I know that that Medicaid, for example, if you get to that point, it's they they want to look back and, and see what your assets are because yes. they're, they're going to use that money. So what is the look back in Arizona? I want to say five years. Okay. And, and, and that strategy, by the way, is, is very difficult. Okay. A lot of people have tried to do that. In other words, they give their money away. They give it to their kids or to an in-law or a friend or somebody that they really trust. And they feel that that's going to get them. That's going to allow them to have eligibility for, for Medicaid. Now, bear in mind, uh, in my opinion, the facilities that you're going to be at uh, on Medicaid are not going to be anywhere near as nice. You're not exact. Okay, that's right. right. That's where I was headed to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, if 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 that's the situation you're in, you got to do what you got to do. I and I understand that. But if you have a choice, I would bet that you're not going to want to go that route. Yeah. All right. In in terms of the look back, if you if, if the government will claw back that money, they will look back five years. Okay. And if they see that you've done that, they will claw it back. Um. And and it's 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 not going to be pretty. Um, you know, so what I would suggest is to, if it's a concern, you've got that concern, give me a call. I'll be happy to talk about the possibilities. We can sit down and discuss them further. And again, there's, there's never any cost or obligation with a phone call or with a meeting with me. I don't, I don't operate that way. 800-975-6717. That's the number. And you can also reach Kevin via the website, silverleaffinancial.com. There's a link to uh, email him right there. So with that, how... So like you said, in your 50s, we start putting that money in the, you know, the, the I guess, uh, living benefit for life insurance. That's one option. It's, yeah, I, I call them a hybrid policy. Hybrid uh, All right, let's just call it that. And yeah. so once you're involved with that, is that, so, I mean, nobody's going to go after that money, are they? The, well, well, they're not, 
I'm not sure what you mean go after about it. You're no, no, they're not. Well, they're not going to go after it because if you have that policy, you, you wouldn't have tried to hide it. You don't need, you don't need Medicaid. Yeah. You don't need, you don't need, you don't need Medicaid. So what you do is that that's going to be your source of funds uh, to pay for the facility. And, and, and so, so that's what you're going to want to use, you know, in order to do that. And and guys, the other thing, there's a lot of other possibilities, by the way, right? Um, Like in Arizona, whether we have so many retired people in so many retirement communities, um, that, that there's all sorts of nursing that will come to your house, right? It's not just, it's not just, you know, living at your home and then immediately going to a facility, right? Right. Um, there's a lot of stages in between. And, and maybe if you're fortunate, you're in good health, um, maybe, maybe you can get by with just having a nurse come to your house, you know, maybe a couple hours a day or something. And, you know, a, a lot of them are like 30 or 40 bucks an hour. So it's, it's much more reasonable. It's much more, you know, attainable to do that. And so, I, everybody that I've ever talked to about this, they always say, Kevin, yes, we want to do it, but I really want to stay in my own home. I don't want to go someplace. And, and the good, there are policies that will let you do that. They will pay for that nursing. They will pay for whatever you need. Doesn't, you don't have to go to a facility. Okay. So you want to make sure if you're going down this, you want to make sure that you understand where you can use the money from that policy. And I personally always want to use one that allows for in-home coverage because I know everybody would prefer to stay in their own home first. Of course. Uh, at, least as lo- at least as long as possible, right? Of course. Well, yeah. again, that, uh, that really is what, what's important. And, and it also is, I think, more even for a person who is in the, the, the throes of dementia and, and, or Alzheimer's. I mean, just being in that surrounding, even though they may not remember it, there's got to be something comforting about that. I'm, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. Because, you know, everybody, you know, people, people have pictures and, and, and yeah. You know things from the past. Maybe it's yearbooks or photo albums, or you know, you know the other thing that I that I that I discovered or uh, relearned, I should say, when it, when I was researching for the book, uh, is music. Music has a really effective way of of kind of like reawakening somebody. Mm-hmm. It, you know, in, in other words, if you have somebody that's in in that situation, dementia memory care, and then you find you play some of their favorite songs, you know, and you play, they'll they'll light up. They will light up. And, and I think it's underappreciated the benefits of music for, for people that are in that situation. Um, you know, so I suggest just get an iPod or whatever music, you know, mu- do we still call them MP3 players? I'm not sure. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, music players. I don't there's know. Just, there's just digital downloads. <laughs> digital downloads. All right. So find the music that they like, whatever it is, compile a list, you know, like of all the songs they like, I'll bet you they would love listening to it. Man, all right. What a great uh, idea. So I, I, I tell you, I, I think, I know it brings a smile to my face when I hear a song that I like. Oh yeah, me too. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you know, and the other thing I've, I've never been able to figure out is how come I can, re- I can remember the words to a song from when I was a child, right? Yes. But I mean, every word, every word, <laughs> you know, but yeah. I've, I've, I've never figured out how I can get such a great memory for other things. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's, how does that work? I, yeah, I wish I understood it. I, maybe somebody could explain it to me, but, uh, <laughs> um, but I, I think music is a wonderful tool, and I would recommend everybody, uh, you know, give it some thought. Well, I, you know, I don't mean to dwell on it, but I know, I don't know if you were a fan of Glenn Campbell or not. The, um, but, but he, you know, in his later years, he was serious Alzheimer's. Oh, I didn't know that. But the, the one, the two skills that he maintained, which baffled the doctors, was his ability to play the guitar and his ability to sing. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, And they All feel right. that that... That in and of itself kept him alive a lot longer because he was touring up until the very end. 
I no, I didn't. I didn't. You know, it's uh, obviously I know the name, but I, yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't know that about him. And that's a great. I like that. That's great. Yeah. I, and and I and I think it's it's. I don't know what it is with the brain, the way the brain is wired, or you know the what the chemical, the, the electrochemicals and electric pulses or whatever it is going through your brain. Uh, the, I, I took a psychophysiology class in college that was one of oh. the hardest classes I ever. I ever took. Hello, doctor. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm like, what is this? You know, what axions and dendrites and anyway. Um, but, but yeah, there's something about music though, that does have a very, very strong, you know, connection, something, I don't know. It's the way we're wired. I don't know what it is, but I know I've seen it myself in my own personal life with my own family. When you play when we played a song that they really liked, right. Mm-hmm. It, it, their, their face just brightened up and lit up. And, and so, so might they're, be a hearing small thing. A, they're hearing it at a different, at a different level, right? They, they are. They are. Yeah. It, and, and I'll tell you, if you do it, you will see them smile. They might be completely disassociated other than that. But if you play an old song, I'll bet you they'll recognize it and, and they'll probably smile along or sing along. I like it. Uh, the book, folks, is The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. It's available on Kevin's website, silverleaffinancial.com, silverleaffinancial.com. And again, you can download the book for free. It's not a not a big deal. And it's a great little, it's a quick read. But again, if you are getting up there, if you are dealing with parents or grandparents, I really recommend this book, seriously. The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free the Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. There you go. It's quite a mouthful, right? <laughs> it is, but it's a great book. What a great thing to do. It, you know what, guys? I, I encourage you, please. Like we said, there's no cost, no obligation, but the information is priceless, okay? So take a look at it. Check it out. And if you'd like to talk more or sit down face-to-face, I'm happy to do that as well. This for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, hosts, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member Spinra SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. 